Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The following is a CA original. The Mighty Sound of the South. Tailgating on Tiger Lane. Tom Three at the Liberty Bowl. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast with Mark Giannato and Jeff Calkins. How's it going, Tiger football fans? Back for another edition. We'll get to uh, everything that's gone on lately with Memphis football, the AAC Championship game, the Liberty Bowl berth, Mike Norvell's new contract extension. But first, we have a special guest on the podcast this week. Mike Norvell himself joins us. Coach, how are you? And uh, how is life uh, on the road and, and after kind of a crazy three or four days? Well, it's uh, it, it has definitely been wild, but uh, everything's going extremely well. Um, and I'm honored to be on the podcast. Hey, I know uh, you know, a lot of people talk about to talk to me about it, but uh, now my my first appearance. Hey, hey, congratulations, Mark! You uh, you've done something that that nobody before has been able to get done. So I appreciate you having me on. I know. Trust me, I've already bragged to Shad about it. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. 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 Um, so let's start with the with the contract, a new five year extension. You announced it on Twitter. Just take me through how it all played out. Um, I know I talked to Tom Bowen a couple weeks ago, and he said you guys, are, maybe not you personally, but your you or your representatives have been talking about this since September. Um, how involved are you in a process like this? Does it do you just basically see the contract a couple days before and you let? your agent deal with it? How, how, how did this all play out? You know, I, I'd really honestly try to stay out of it as much as possible. But, you know, my focus is, is uh, the football team and make sure that, uh, making sure that, you know, there's no distractions with what we're trying to get done on a week, weekly basis. But, uh, you know, it, it was a great compliment there early in the, early in the year. Uh, you know, Tom and I did, did meet, we have weekly meetings and he told me that, uh, uh, that they were, they were reaching out to start, you know, communication on, on, on a new contract. And, uh, you, that was, a uh, I was extremely humbled by that. And, uh, then, you know, here this, this last weekend, uh, you know, we went up, or I guess it was at the beginning of this week, uh, you know, I actually got the hard copy of the contract, uh, you know, in place. And, um, you know, I was, I was, I was great, you know, grateful for, for the commitment that our university, the administration, uh, your board of trustees, the president, everybody involved is, is made to, to our program and where we're going. And and wanting to keep that uh, you know you in place with with this staff and uh, you know I was extremely like I said I was extremely humbled uh, you know Marie and I got a chance to to, to talk about it and uh, you know this is it's just such a great fit for us and our family we love being in Memphis and and you know to continue the progress of what we're doing. What was it like Tuesday night? You're in New York. All the you know, all the movers and shakers in college football are there, and you just signed this deal. You announced it on Twitter. Like, what's it like in an atmosphere like that? Where people coming up congratulating you? What is that like? It, it, it was pretty neat, you know. I mean, there was it was kind of a, you know, we went to the to the dinner banquet right there afterwards. I, I know everybody saw the picture. Tom Tom got dressed a little bit quicker than I did. He was already rocking his tux, and uh, you know that was that was good. But uh, you know, to go to go through that, uh, you know, that forum of of all those great 
great players, great coaches to see so many, uh, you know, so many people that I've gotten to know over the years that were happy for uh, not only what we've done to the season, but, uh, you know, signing the extension and, uh, you know, making, make, being able to make our decision on what we wanted to do and, and uh, you know to, to to be able to celebrate that with with you know other friends and colleagues was was pretty special. You talked about the right fit. What is it about Memphis that makes it the right fit for you? Uh, it, maybe when you first took the job, but even now, you know now that you've kind of been here two years and even know the landscape even better. What what is it about this place, this city, this program that you yeah. find so amenable? You know, it, it's just, you know, since when I was in college, I came over to Memphis and I've always believed that, you know, Memphis is a place that's about culture and community. And I knew that if, if our program could, could can continue the sustain the success that had been had, uh, you know, build off the excitement was it was there to make sure that we were representing them in the right in the right fashion that, you know, we've got we've got so many athletes, you know, and, and fine, you know, student, uh, uh, you know, prospects in recruiting that are so close to, to our community that with or within our community, that we could we could have a, uh, a program and a football team that w- could do something special. And, you know, I've always been comfortable here, uh, you know, since I've since I've been here for the last two years, uh, just the embrace that we've had, uh, you know, from everybody that have supported our coaches, our players, uh, you know, everybody involved. It's just, it, it feels right. And uh, the fact that the commitment has been made, uh, you know, to continue to progress what we're doing facility wise, uh, you know, taking care of our coaches, giving them a great situation to be able to, to work in. And, you know, we've been able to recruit to an extremely high level. We have 35 freshmen that have played in the last two seasons. Uh, we've got a great group of guys that are, that are coming back uh you know and so I, I just feel like the future the brightest days are here in front of us and uh, you know, we're excited to, to be a part of it this has been a random question what's jimmy sexton like during these negotiations like not during these nego- what's he like as an agent when you're negotiating stuff like this because i mean today you know he just had another client take the tennessee job he's got like 11 of the 14 sec coaches in his sort of graphs like can you just call him up and he's able to answer the phone yeah, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy's incredible. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, I tell you, I've, I've, uh, I've been so impressed with him throughout, you know, you know, our relationship and, and really the reason I went, went with Jimmy was because of the, the personal relationship and, and, uh, just, uh, you know, he's there for the coach. And when, and when I say that, it's not always, you know, there to see what, you know, what the next job is, but, uh, you know, there just to make sure that, that his guys are represented, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a fashion that, and, and are, and are in a position that they are comfortable in and that they feel that they, uh, you know, are able to fulfill their dreams, goals, and aspirations as, as a, uh, within their profession. And, you know, J- Jimmy has been great and, you know, he was he was excited that uh, that we made the decision to to continue here in uh, you know in Memphis and uh, to to the commitment that the school has made. But you know, Jimmy does a great job, and you know, I'm I'm glad to be able to to, to work with him and uh, you know for how he represents us. Switching on to some other topics, I read a profile. I know Pete Thamel pretty well, and I read a profile by him. You used to drink twelve Dr. Peppers a day. That that's accurate. Oh yeah. That, that that is probably the low number compared to what I what I did during my early days of coaching. I was I was uh, it was it was probably it was probably well I know it was unhealthy but it was a little extreme. <laughs> it was you know we're, we're working, talking we're regular Dr Pepper, not diet Dr fully, Pepper. Fully no no fully loaded Dr Pepper. Yeah, we would have 
I would have two 44 ounce drinks of, of Dr. Pepper before 10 o'clock in the morning. So it was, uh, there was, there was, a, it was, it was a, like I said, it was, I was a little strained back in the day, but uh, now I'm down to one, you know, one, maybe two 12 ounce drinks. So it's, I'm feeling, I feel a lot better about, uh, about things and my body is, uh, you know, probably probably doing better because of it yeah what made you change was there an event in your life that made well you- no I, I switched to coffee and uh, you know i used to be one of those i used to, <laughs> i used to be one of those one of those people that uh, you know, always look down on the coffee drinkers but uh, you know then uh, once once uh, we had mila you know the, the i tell you something about that that one to two year old that kind of gets you you know, you know, sipping on sipping on a little cough is uh, now become a, a new uh, a new favorite favorite thing of mine. And uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about how many cups of coffee I drink in a day now. <laughs> so you're out on the road right now recruiting. I, I'm curious. This is like a brand new world for college coaches with this early signing period. How have you guys decided to approach it? How many guys do you expect will sign with you here in the next couple of weeks? Like, it, is this kind of just like, I mean, it's kind of weird, right? You know, this just dealing with this whole new thing. Yeah, it, it is. And I think everybody's going to approach it a, li- a little differently. Uh, you know, we've talked to a lot of our players uh, that we have committed and, you know, kind of try to get a sense of, of what their uh, expectation, anticipation of signing day is going to be. Some of them that we know we're going to sign here early. Uh, you know, some guys, uh, you know, you might have a little bit of work that they have to continue to do, uh, you know, whether it's academically or continuing with their test scores, different things like that, that, um, that we're going to continue to evaluate that might hold off till February. Uh, you, cause there's a lot of changes. Not only do you have the early signing day opportunity, you have the hard count 25, uh, where you cannot replace, uh, you know, a guy that's a non-qualifier. If, if that happens to occur, um, you know, we're limited on the number of scholarships that we have this year. You know, we've, we've, uh, you know, you know, blue shirted you know kids which have counted numbers forward so you know we're dealing with a smaller class so when it comes to recruiting rankings and the number of guys that we're signing you know, that's that's something that's uh you know not going to be as high as what it what it has been you know, these last few years just from the overall number count but you know we're excited about the class we have in place you know we're we're receiving the highest level of attention and interest from the top players that we, that we ever have while being while being at Memphis. Uh, so we're excited. We're excited about what, uh, you know, what future, you know, you know, prospects we might, might be able to bring into, uh, into our program and, uh, you know, the, the difference makers that they'll be. Uh, and there's the early signing period. There's also another assistant slot that you'll have to fill. Uh, I think January 9th is the date. Is there, is this something you would, you'll promote from within? Have you decided what sort of role you want that position to be? Is it kind of unknown at this point? How are you uh, handling that? You know, I've, I've got a plan. I've had a plan for about the last six months of what, you know, what I envision that, that position being, um, you know, right now we've got five guys on the defensive side of the ball, obviously with my, my involvement there, uh, you know, offensively, but I think that, uh, you know, we'll be able to, to add to our staff in a, in a, in a great, in a, in a great way, um, you know, with a position coach and, and also, uh, you know, another, another, uh, you know, guy that can be on the road recruiting and, uh, you know, to, to continue to expand our footnote of, of where we are and so our, and uh, and where and who we're going after. So I've got a, I've got a couple things in in mind. You know, there is a possibility of being you know a promotion from within staff, but also you know there's a there's a lot of guys that want to be a part of our program. So we're going to do what's best available. Or, you know what's what's best for uh, for the overall fit of our program. So you've decided it's going to be offensive or defensive, or you haven't decided that yet. <laughs> 
No, it, 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 it's most likely going to be an offensive position unless things were to, were to change up. Uh, you know, right now, you know, Coach Dylan Ham is, you know, he does a lot of double work with the quarterbacks and tight ends. And so, uh, you know, we'll probably be looking at a, at a tight end, uh, you know, position uh, is most likely what it will be. But, you know, things could always could always change, you know, between now and then. Gotcha. A couple more quick ones and I'll let you go. Um Medical red shirts are guys like the guys who got hurt at the beginning of the year, Jackson, Dylan, Darian Porter, Sam Kraft, any of them potential for them to come back next year? Yeah, you know, right now, uh, you know, Jackson Dillon, you know, that that's the uh, the track that we're that we're approaching. Uh, you know, I think you know he's he's continuing to work, uh, you know, work through his rehab and uh, you know doing doing what he needs to do academically. You know, he's he's also uh, you know graduated, and uh, so you know that's something that we're, that we're working through. Uh, you know, Sam Craft, we've had you know we're going to continue to have discussions there on on what his on what his future plan was. That was something we talked about early uh, about coming back and and, and applying for that uh for that extra year but uh you know i know i know we're gonna have some further uh discussions about the you know the reality of that and then uh, you know darian porter he's not he's not eligible to get that year back and so uh uh unfortunately we won't you know he will not be able to come back but uh you know those are all things we're going to continue to uh to evaluate as we move forward gotcha anyone else i'm missing or no uh no we're gonna be excited about getting gentry back but you know obviously he was an underclassman so uh, we're, mm-hmm. we're we're looking forward to those guys that uh, uh you know that had to had to miss time to to you know having a great off season and being in a position to help us here this next season and then obviously you're gonna lose riley ferguson you've been asked it i think already but about the, you know what the quarterback position looks like going forward um I've watched them a bunch in practice since coming on the beat. I, I wanted to end this cur- just curious what your impressions of David Moore and Brady Davis has been here this season in practice and, and what you'd like to see them sort of develop, you know, to grab that starting job if if indeed they are able to do that next year. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we've got three quarterbacks that, that will be returning. You know, Connor Adair, who came in, uh, you know, last year was the player of the year in, in Alabama. Uh, you know, for the the previous pre, you know his senior year there, and uh, you know him, David Moore, Brady Davis, all are very capable. And uh, you know, I think I think David, uh, you know, he has all the talent in the world. I mean, he's it's it's impressive to see you know what how he's progressed. Uh, you know, great arm, great running ability. I was glad that he was able to get some game experience. But uh, you know, it's just good, continuing to develop that consistency that you can go out there and lead lead this team, play in and play out. Uh, you know, Brady Davis, you know, coming off the knee injury two years ago i think this year this this season he was able to gain more confidence in in you know in what his skill set is and what he can do and uh you know he's got to have a great off season to continue to develop that strength but uh you know he's a very capable quarterback and then connor adair is a young man that uh you know i've been you know unbelievably pleased with you know throughout the throughout uh uh you know what he's done he's worked as our scout team quarterback you know most of the year uh you know he's done a done a phenomenal job of of uh you know building his strength he's got a great release you know strong arm he can make he can make you know you know so many of the throws that are necessary for us to uh to be successful and i mean extremely accurate with the ball as well so you know i'm excited about all three of those guys uh, but like i tell them all the time you know we're we're 
you know, the one one position I can guarantee competition is going to be at quarterback, and that means if we oversign or if we have guys that uh, that we bring into the program, I mean, you know, we, we we're always going to be open to that. So uh, uh, you know, we'll see how everything plays out these next few weeks, and uh, you know, even going all the way through to, uh, you know through next spring. But uh, you know, I'm excited about the guys that we have, and I think they're definitely capable. And you get one more game with Riley at the uh, at the Liberty Bowl against Iowa State. I'm sure you're still excited about that too. Yeah, you know, all those seniors. I mean, you know, we talk about maximizing every day. We got a special group, uh, you know, guys that have poured everything they have into this program, and so we're going to enjoy every day we get with them and do all that we can to go out and be you know one and one and zero in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, and uh, I mean, we're we're excited about it. Well, Mike, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Really appreciate it. I'm. Uh... Looking forward to the next uh, few weeks here leading up to the Liberty Bowl. Go drink some coffee. Don't don't fall asleep on the road coming back. I got you, Mark. Thanks for having me on, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. This is the Tiger Football Podcast. All right, Jeff, you just heard Mike Norvell's interview there. Lots of interesting things uh, he mentioned there. What was what, what were some of your big takeaways from what he just told us? Well, the Dr. Pepper coffee transition, I think, is really what stuck out to me. The fact that <laughs> I read the Thamel piece, and it sounded like this guy had gone from 12 Dr. Peppers to one. And you're thinking, well, that's fantastic. What, <laughs> what a model of restraint. And now, thanks to your hard-hitting podcast, we get to the truth of the matter, that he's just changed to coffee. Yeah. Like, he still actually does drinks two Dr. Peppers a day, plus now he's loaded in the coffee. <laughs> it's, a, it's a complete, you've gotten to the bottom of it. He's absolutely as caffeinated as ever. It's just um, not as carbonated as ever, uh, <laughs> seems to be the uh, seems to be I the can't story. believe it was regular Dr. Pepper. Think about how many calories he's, he's consuming He said there. 244 ounce. Before 10 a.m. 244 ounce. You'd just think you would be like full, you know, like how, how could you do that anyway? And plus he's such a slim dude, you know? Um, anyway, so then beyond that, what else stuck out to me? I think, I mean, obviously there's news in there. The, the fact that Jackson Dillon, um, you, you wondered about that. Like at some point with Jackson Dillon, you would just think you'd get frustrated and say, enough, I've done it. And then I did it again. And now am I going to try yet again? Well, luckily with Jackson, it was his knees before. This is his shoulder. Right. So it's a different sort of injury. It's hopefully the type of injury where, you know, now he'll even be another year removed from right. the knee injury. So maybe, and you know, you hope that yeah, obviously the shoulder maybe is healing pretty right. well. And so hopefully it won't. You just wonder at one point if, you know, he obviously wants to raise uh, bulls and stuff. And you just wonder at what point you want to get on with your life. But it's nice that he wants to come back. And so that was good. Um, I think it's interesting that the new position coach that he's going to hire is a tight end coach. Uh, Lord knows the offense needed help this year. I'm <laughs> I mean, they only put up 70 points twice. Maybe with a new coach, now they can put up 70 points four well, times. And it'll be interesting to me to see whether it sounded like he's... I, I know he gave some credence to promoting from within, but it sounds like he's looking from outside for this hire. There are two things that he said about that. He said... And particularly, he said, to get into some other areas of recruiting. Yeah. I think he's going to be hiring someone who will help him recruit in an area where they don't ha- are, are do not have great luck recruiting now or haven't historically recruited. And he's going to go get a someone who's deeply connected at, in some uh, geographic area where he wants to expand. And he talked about how, you know, they're recruiting the the, the t- bigger prospects are paying more attention to them now because of the success they're having. I think you'll also be able to see 
how that success is translating by the caliber of assistant that comes here. It'll be interesting. Actually, one of the things that bears watching this offseason is he's done a remarkable job of keeping the staff together. I mean, yeah, you lose an offensive guy to Notre Dame. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in any of this. You do wonder, like, will there be transitions? There always usually is. Will there be transitions in the staff? Um, obviously, they got another $250,000 added to their pool of money, and that's great. Um but in the SEC, they pay a lot more, like or wherever. So that'll be interesting to, to watch. But yes. Um, I and do I have f- a story on commercialappeal.com right now actually detailing what each of these assistants is makes. currently making. Um, um, they'll so, all probably get raised. Yeah. They're all gonna, so, um, so that was interesting, I thought. And then I'm always interested in the quarterback answer. You have to read between the lines and you see what you can take away from it. And I'm not exactly sure what I took away from it. Um, I do I, think it was notable that I only mentioned David Moore and Brady Davis, and he made it a point and sounded pretty effusive about Connor Adair, who I yeah, you know, did yeah. not realize. But obviously he will have a chance Somewhere to win mix. this job. And then, um, but yeah, I suspect that he'll... I, I also suspect that they, if if well, they are if, bringing in a quarterback, a freshman, a freshman who they already have committed, yeah. Um, but but it'll be do, interesting to see if there's another. He said there's never enough competition, so he left the well, door if, open. If there is a Riley Ferguson out there somewhere by whether it's graduate transfer or some kind of transfer or you know, what or or junior college. You have well, to look at it, and then when well, he mentioned even after, like it sounds like they might, you know, you might be a scenario where you go through spring practice, yeah, and may, well, maybe there's a guy who gets beat out beat for out a job spring. at some bigger school. And, you know, Power 5 school and wants to well, come. Well, because that's the biggest thing. To me, the, 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 as we were looking at whether he would stay or go, one of the things that to me was sort of way in the mix was he knew he would be losing Riley Ferguson in the same way, honestly, more than, than, Pac, than, than Fuente knew pretty early that he was going to be losing Paxton Lynch, but Paxton could have come back. Riley can't. So he's known all along he's going to be losing Riley Ferguson. And I think one of the things interesting about Mike is I think Justin had some concern about what winning would look like in the post-Paxton Lynch era. And I think Mike has some considerable confidence that given the way they've recruited generally, that they're going to keep winning. Um, it's awfully hard to go from a Paxton Lynch to a Riley Ferguson to yet another quarterback of that caliber. I mean, they have had the last, you know, the last now four years, they have had one of the top 20 quarterbacks in the country. Conservative. Well, and here's what I would say. Go look at Mike's Arizona State teams. They didn't exactly have huge record-breaking quarterbacks there, yet he still gained a lot of yards Yards, there. Right. I think he's got a lot of confidence in in what he does as a coach, how he can scheme it up. Um, So that'll be be really interesting. We haven't even really talked about the AAC championship game, how crazy that was, and and just the matchup against Iowa State. I'm curious, now that you've had three, four days, there's been some craziness with Mike signing this extension, but... We, and actually, that was a, we actually did talk yeah, we, about we recorded a in podcast. a podcast that we recorded and finished five minutes before Mike re-signed. And so yeah. it'll never see the light of day. Uh, lots of brilliant things were said in that podcast. Um, but anyway, so, um, yeah, that was, I mean, the game obviously was one of the great, tr- truly fantastic game. And then just today, 
I saw that Sports Illustrated has ranked the Liberty Bowl as the second most watchable of all the bowl games outside of the the playoff structure. And so, um, yeah, I think it's it's to me the Liberty Bowl thing was going to be fun anyway, having the home team in the hometown bowl, but having Mike now be part of it, I really think changes the tenor because it really becomes a celebration of this team and what they have been and also now what they can be. And so it would have been nice to have him at the Liberty Bowl if Mike had been off coaching somewhere else, if he'd left. But it's that much more fun now that the, you're going to be getting everybody back together one more time and you know it's setting up for another nice year next year. Well, and people are gobbling up tickets. I mean, as of Tuesday night, and so I'm guessing this number is higher, Memphis had already sold out its initial allotment of Liberty Bowl tickets and had sold more than 13,000 tickets. Iowa State, from what I've been told, has sold over 10,000 tickets already. This is going to be a hot ticket at the Liberty Bowl. This is not going to be like a typical Memphis home game where you can walk up game day and right. no. get a get a <clears throat> ticket. I think you probably need to buy your ticket now if you haven't and buy it through the university because it helps them uh, in terms of their reputation as a school that travels to bowl games. Um, obviously, this is not involving right. much travel, which is... No, it's funny, though, because I got... Uh, I, and then Iowa State travels big time, like they did. They brought 20,000 or something like that when they were here five years ago. In fact, I got an email from John Virgos of The Rendezvous, because he'd heard from a bunch of people who'd said, gosh, I'm really sorry, there's only going to be one group of fans coming here. You guys must be awfully disappointed. And he said, I just want every people to know we're not disappointed at all. A, <clears throat> we love that, and I'm paraphrasing, Memphis is in the Liberty Bowl, but B... Iowa State travels like crazy, and um, so we couldn't be more thrilled. So I do wonder, like, it's not going to be a, I don't think it's going to be a 90-10 crowd in that Liberty Bowl on that day. It's going to be, maybe it'll be 60-40 or something, but there's going to be a lot of Iowa State people here as well. And they have, you know, same way as Mike staying at Memphis, Iowa State has Matt Campbell, who re-signed with them after being, you know, having some overtures from other schools. And and they've got some really interesting storylines. I mean, they're the, the only team to beat Oklahoma and TCU in the Big 12 this year. They've got Joel Lanning, who's a linebacker who also plays quarterback. So... It's going to be a really fun game. We'll preview that and and talk a lot more in the coming weeks. Um, you want a you want a program though. Programs that travel the best <clears throat> tend to be those where people are just feeling great about the program at that moment. You know, the, the, the trajectory is going the right way. And both that is true teams. of both of these teams. It's not, you know, some team that just limped in with six wins and fired their coach. It's a uh, the the best Iowa State year in recent memory, <clears throat> an incredibly interesting, entertaining team, and so those fans are motivated to travel. And Memphis, the same thing. Well, we shall see how it all plays out. We will join you. We'll have another podcast before that Liberty Bowl happens. But till then, I was Mark. I was joined by Jeff Calkins, and again, thank you to Coach Mike Norvell for his inaugural and hopefully not last podcast appearance. We'll see you soon. A new episode of the Tiger Football Podcast posts each Tuesday during the regular season. You can also subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Football Podcast with Mark Giannato and Jeff Calkins is a production of the Commercial Appeal.